Hello and thank you for joining me. I am Amara Bangura and this is the CPS Podcast. Conflicts around the world are lasting longer, causing more bloodshed and claiming more young lives. Attacks on children continue unabated as armed groups across the world continue to flout one of the most basic rules of war, the protection of children. Besides being among the many civilian casualties during an armed conflict, instability and conflict in communities can also make children vulnerable to forced labor, sexual exploitation, or the recruitment by armed groups. But as many would say, prevention is better than kill. Well, in the last few years, the Delia Institute has invested resources into studying the early warning signs of the recruitment and use of child soldiers through the Knowledge for Prevention, or K4P, to effectively prevent. And it's focused on enhancing our ability to prevent the recruitment and use of children in violence. The whole project is built around the idea of early warning to early action, so we can prevent recruitment from happening before it's even considered. We'll hear more about the knowledge for prevention and the early warning signs of the recruitment and use of children later. CPS Podcast is brought to you by the Delia Institute for Children, Peace and Security, a global partnership that is working to end the use of children in conflict. Conflict and violence have a devastating impact on communities and particularly on children. So the Delea Institute believes that engaging in early warning interventions to prevent the recruitment is far more effective than reactive responses. While the recruitment and use of children in conflict is an evolving and growing problem, reliable and timely information to inform prevention efforts are still lacking. Well, the need to improve prevention mechanism is what inspired the creation of the Delea Institute's Knowledge for Prevention, or the K4P. Joining me now to discuss the K4P is the Delaire Institute's Director of Research and Learning, Dr. Catherine Bailey Abdi. Catherine, it's always good to have you and thank you for joining us. Sure. So Catherine, let's start with this. What is exactly the K4P? How do you explain it? The K4P project is knowledge for prevention and it's focused on enhancing our ability to prevent the recruitment and use of children in violence. The whole project is built around the idea of early warning to early action, so we can prevent recruitment from happening before it's even considered. Mm -hmm. And what kind of research have you been doing? So the Knowledge for Prevention, or K4P project, is really... Broken down into three three main areas. So we're looking at studying other early warning systems of conflict prevention to see how our colleagues in this world are factoring in children. Are they considering children in their conflict prevention strategies? And what we're finding is that most are not. So our research is really orienting around developing our own early warning system of predicting recruitment and use of children so that we can demonstrate why prioritizing children in broader peace and security agendas is really important for sustainable peace. So our program is is really about trying to demonstrate the element of risk and vulnerability for children much earlier than before they're starting to be recruited in conflict. 
Um, Catherine, you talked about how children are engaged in conflict. I'm wondering if you could just expand a little further on the other forms of engagement of children in conflict. So that's a great question. The way that we approach looking at children engaged in conflict is based on the Paris principles. So for us at the Dallaire Institute, we understand children engaged in conflict based on the Paris principles definition. And there are main, really main elements to that definition. One, that it can be boys and girls. Secondly, that it's anyone under the age of 18. And thirdly, that the roles performed by children are quite diverse. And unfortunately, those roles are, are growing. There are many roles that children perform. It's not just direct participation in hostilities. It could be cooking. It could be um, intelligence gathering. There are a variety of roles children can play that fall within our area of concern and our definition of a child who's engaged in conflict. So in other words, it's not just a child that holds a gun and fights. They have other roles they play in conflict. Absolutely. And so the increased exposure of children to that kind of violence we know has devastating impacts on the child, on the community, and on our ability to attain peace globally. So for us, we're really looking at trying to prevent children from being exposed to that kind of violence and trauma from a very, very early stage and in an escalating risk environment or in a fragile environment. Mm. And and you talked about the research with the, with the K4P and sometimes you look at what other people use um, in terms of preventing the conflict. How do you link this with other organizations that are focused on peace building? So great question. We've been looking at other early warning systems and trying to study what are the best features of an early warning system? What systems lead to early action? And that's mm -hmm. key for us. So we can have great information. We can raise warnings at an early stage. But unless they lead to early and preventative action, then we won't be as successful as we want to be. So for us, we're trying to develop our own early warning system about recruitment and use of children. But we're also trying to influence and encourage our colleagues in peace building and in prevention work to further consider children as a priority. For us at the Dallaire Institute, we look at children as the most essential component to peace and security. If we can protect and create environments where children are free from violence, free from being engaged in violence, then we have much more success in terms of our ability to make sure the norms children are learning are peaceful norms and not norms about violence. And, and who are you working with in this research work that you are doing? We work at all stages. So we're working directly with some communities. So we have community level partners, which are so important. People living and doing peace building work in communities, they know best what risk elements are, are evident in a community. They know best what strategies can be used to prevent recruitment. We also work at a regional level. So we're working with partners who are in a leadership position in a regional capacity. And then we also work with partners at a global level. So, for example, we're working with the ILO or the International Labor Organization because recruitment of children is considered one of the worst forms of child labor as well. So we partner with like-minded institutions who are trying to bring attention and, and preventative action towards broader atrocities and violations against children. 
ILO is one of our main partners. We work closely with UNICEF. We work with country-level organizations like the Sana Center. We work with the Elman Center for Peace in Somalia. We have many partners um, informing our work, and we're learning with many colleagues on how to do this work better. In fact, we've recently created a youth advisory. So we now have five young adults coming from countries spanning from the United States to Kenya, Somalia, uh, Cameroon, and South Sudan. And these extraordinary young adults are helping to advise how our early warning system can better take into consideration the perspective of young people, which is really important for us to have a successful model of prevention. Thank you so much for being part of the conversation, Catherine. Well, thank you. That was Catherine Billy Abidi, the Delia Institute's Director of Research and Learning. Catherine talked a bit about the importance of understanding the early warning signs. Well, we now have the lead data scientist working on the Delia Institute's predictive model, Timothy Lyonham. Tim has been working on the development of the early warning signs for the Delia Institute since the development of the Knowledge for Prevention, or K4P. Tim, thank you for joining us. And can you start by explaining what you mean by early warning signs? It's a mixed bag, and, and it might be useful for me to just talk a little bit about what our early warning system is, because that would help us really understand what it is that we talk about or what you mean when we talk about early warning signs. Because yeah. it's it's not exactly a sign that there's a, a flash in the sky or a uh, particular set of indicators, if you like. Okay. The, the early warning system is built on three components. The first component is what we think of as structural conditions. So what are the structural factors which increase the likelihood of the recruitment and use of child soldiers? We first start looking at what are the long-term structural indicators of the likelihood of child soldier recruitment happening. So those are, you know, whether a group has been previously active in a conflict, whether government forces uh, use child soldiers, the duration of a conflict is an important factor, and also the type of conflict, whether it's a coup d'etat. Coups seldom uh, involve child soldiers, for example. So that first level are the broad structural things that we only anticipate would change quite slowly through time. And that's our first level of tracking, if you like. When we then see that those conditions are suggestive of the recruitment and use in child soldiers, the next thing we do is we start engaging with people in or associated with the country that we're concerned with and verify our predictions, check our predictions. We get more information from them around the things that we are believing or seeing. And that enriches our understanding of the context or the situation. And sometimes from that, we actually get uh, evidence that recruitment is happening. So it can verify what we're seeing. And then the third thing that we do is we start tracking uh, what we call trigger events or accelerators. 
So that's looking at things that might be an election, for example, or a highly contested election, or government forces in the country uh, attack civilians or attack people or start um, abusing a particular ethnic group. So those trigger events happen much faster, and they are signals of impending shift in the conflict and or the possibility of or increased likelihood of recruitment and use of child soldiers. So if you like, you've got those slow variables. Just jumping quickly there, you said when we notice these indicators, we engage people to verify them. Does this mean engaging government or members of the security forces or just um, organizations that are interested in peace building? We would do a bit of all of those things. Um, So, for example, we were watching what was happening in Cabo Delgado in Mozambique, and we were very concerned. So, we had these early warning structural indicators. And so, we started engaging with groups of people that are observing or have been doing research in Mozambique for years. And so, they knew the ground and they knew what was happening. So our first port of call would be for relatively independent observers, observers that can say, yes, there's something going on here. These who are the parties to the conflict and so on. So kind of deepening our story. Sometimes engaging with governments would only happen later, as is happening in Mozambique, that we recognize there's a problem and Dallaire is is engaging through SADC contacts to start discussing with the Mozambique Defence Forces the possibility of providing training to help their forces know how to deal with situations where child soldiers are probably involved. Oh, that's interesting. But another follow-up here is, are these indicators unique to one country or region? or they are indicators that cuts across? There's a fair amount of commonality across the structural conditions, mm-hmm. and but there's, there's also variance. So we have some countries where the culture, the underlying culture is more resistant to the recruitment and use of child soldiers. So some of our early indicators, whilst they might be suggesting there's a problem and we have to pay attention, we might find that it, you know, it's less of a problem than in another country. So there's uniformity across countries, but there's also a fair degree of variance. And and that leads me to um, the next question. Has there been any pushback um, when you try to engage people on, on the early warning signs or it has always been a welcome idea? What has it been like? So we've been working at a at a sort of a very low level of running case studies and the people that we're engaging with directly are largely within the Dallaire Institute and some of the immediate long-term partners of the Dallaire Institute. And all of them have been incredibly welcoming of what we're doing and very supportive. So I think we've got a, we've done the right thing in spending a lot of time building the relationships 
with the people that are going to be using the early warning so they understand trust. And if there is going to be pushback, it happens in that kind of constructive way of saying, no, this doesn't make sense, or can you give me this information in this way? So it's much more of a, a very constructive learning. How do we improve the system so that it does what it needs to do better? Thank you so very much for this, Tim. You're very, very welcome. That was Tim Liner, the K4P lead data scientist. And in case you are just joining us, this is the CPS podcast brought to you by the Delea Institute for Children, Peace and Security, a global leader in preventing the recruitment and use of children in conflict. I am Amara Bangura. Today we are discussing the early warning signs of the recruitment and use of children in conflict. Earlier, Catherine talked about the ways children are used in conflict, and Tim, whom you've just heard, says... Early warning has been an important part of human defensive or protection system for many years. But what about in South Sudan, which also suffered years of brutal civil war in which children were routinely used during that conflict? The Delea Institute's country director in South Sudan, Edward Buyamaliza, says, In South Sudan, they are using a multi-sectoral approach to prevent any further recruitment and use of children. Actually, our approach, um, our prevention approach, is is multi-sectoral in nature because definitely preventing the recruitment and use of children requires this kind of approach. So we have been looking at how we can combine uh, policy advocacy, trying to uh, engage with the government to make sure that the the policy and legal frameworks can be uh, uh, streamlined can actually integrate uh, the doctrine of uh, child protection, especially preventing the recruitment and use of of children as soldiers. Uh, We have also been uh, looking at how we provide them the skills that uh, are required. So working with the security sector to build their capacity so that they are well equipped to engage in prevention. But at the same time, we are also looking at how uh, our partners from the security sector have the tools, have the the materials they need uh, to engage in prevention. And that's why, uh, owing to this uh, multi-sectoral approach that we are using, we have been working with uh, uh, the security sector in general, but also we have been working with uh, women-led organizations so that they can um, uh, engage in community dialogues and on, on prevention. And we have also been working with the, the media so that the combination or the complementarity between the three uh, major sectors can uh, lead to effective prevention of the recruitment and use of children as soldiers. Interesting. Uh, when you when when you suggested the idea of bringing these groups together, was there any pushback from either groups? Uh, we have been working with uh, uh, women-led organizations who have been actually mentioning, uh, you know, the support and uh, the contribution from uh, female security sector actors 
as a crucial and and uh, in, an important uh, part of of the prevention uh, effort. Uh, but at the same time, uh, women from the security sector have never been had an opportunity of working with women from civil society organizations. So then bring them together. Uh, initially, it hasn't been an easy task because, you know, uh, they work from different realities. And from the beginning, it wasn't easy because uh, there was a, a sort of fear, a sort of, you know, uh, an issue of openness from the beginning because they, they didn't know all of them work, uh, uh, they have in co- a lot in common and they work for the same goal, but definitely um, uh, later on during the, the workshop and the, the discussions, they discovered that they needed actually this meeting and that meeting was a golden opportunity to exchange on how they can uh, bring their contributions together and how they can even further um, uh, uh, collaborate and, and engage in even higher level ed, uh, advocacy initiatives together and how they can uh, even uh, continue uh, coordinating uh, their work uh, on prevention. That was Edward Umuyamaliza, the Delea Institute's country director in South Sudan. Well, that's it for today's edition of CPS Podcast. We've learned a lot about the Delea Institute's prevention approach to the recruitment and use of children. Thank you for being part of the conversation. We will be back again next month with another edition to learn more about the Delea Institute's research impact to the world. So don't forget to join us. If you'd like to listen to this podcast again, please download it. And of course, please feel free to share it. This has been Adelaide Institute's production and thanks to all those who contributed. Until we meet again, I am Amara Bangura. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.